Hi, everyone, and welcome to Talent Talks. I'm Rob Adams, and in this episode, we're pleased to be joined by Smooch Repovich Rosenberg, founder and CEO at Smooch Unplugged, LLC. After more than 25 years as a globally recognized executive search consultant, Smooch has her finger on the pulse of global investor relations, corporate communications, and has had tremendous success leveraging human capital strategies to create high-octane, superior-performing functions. She has the unique ability to see around corners and readily identify solutions to human capital challenges that advance company valuation. Today, we'll be examining the latest trends impacting private equity recruiting. Smooch, welcome to the show. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Thanks, Rob. I always enjoy uh, having a conversation with you. Well, let's let's dive right in. Much to get to, as always. And and I'll start here, Smooch. How has the emphasis on diversity, equity and inclusion impacted your recruiting process in private equity? And can you give us an example of how you have helped a private equity firm diversify their leadership team? You know, diversity for my firm, it's it's always been a part of our firm's DNA, Rob. So while our clients at times may not have that as part of their strategic thinking in terms of recruiting leaders, we consistently advise them about the merits of considering a broader slate of talent than is perhaps the obvious set of candidates. So the long and short of it for us is that DE&I has only amplified the work that we've been doing for 30 plus years. You could say that we've always been ahead of any pivots or trends in the human capital space. With the growing demand for executives with operational and digital expertise, how have you adapted your search methods to identify candidates with these skills? How important do you think it is for private equity executives to have both operational and financial expertise? You know, Rob, I've always believed that executives need to remain vigilant about the notion of maintaining relevancy in the marketplace and business overall. Operational expertise is a given. However, digital is the future until now. Today, it is an integral aspect of being a savvy, experienced leader. As a result, executives who have little or no interest in immersing themselves in the digital universe are simply not professionals whom we would recommend to our clients. Lack of digital knowledge is rapidly making talent irrelevant. That said, you also have to understand that the outward growing demand for a combination of both operational and digital expertise is just that. It's a prerequisite today. However, we've been a part of this shifting expectation for at least a decade when CEOs and boards leveraged open-mindedness and innovative thinking about how to view talent differently and upgrade their management teams for the future. A terrific uh, bet a decade ago on the crystal ball of the future, which has become a reality. Yeah, no question. Environmental, social, and governance issues have become increasingly important in private equity. Multi-part question here, Smooch. How has this impacted your recruiting process? How do you identify candidates with ESG expertise? And what advice do you have for, for private equity firms who want to integrate ESG factors into their investment decision-making process? It's a great question, Rob, and companies have struggled with this for about a decade. So our firm has always had a very watchful eye about this topic for at least the last five to seven years, as our discussions with PE firms have validated 
the demand for companies to invest in ESG. And as a result of our focus in the investor relations officer and chief communications officer functions, you know, these two leaders are key stakeholders and drivers of the ESG discussion with their management teams, as well as myriad external constituencies. So there really hasn't been a big impact on our recruiting process because we have been intimately involved from the beginning hints about the vital importance of ESG. As far as our advice to PE firms, there are two ways to approach this strategic need for the future. Part of it is evaluating talent's DNA and specific viewpoints about ESG and its relevance to corporations today and in the future. And not everyone is on board just yet. The other is to actively seek talent who have a proven track record of being the initiator of the ESG conversation with their companies. In other words, those who have served as ESG architects and created ESG councils inside of their companies, they bring with them the wisdom of already having tangible experience leading the formation of these functions, and they have the battle testing of how to create a successful structure across varying viewpoints. And I think those things are really important for PE firms to keep in mind, not just with the executives they hire within their their corporate PE firm structure, but also when they, they oversee the hiring within their portfolio companies, because ESG is simply not going away. No, it, it's certainly not. It's, it's a wonderful answer, Smooch. With the rise of remote work, how have you adapted your recruiting process to identify candidates who are comfortable working in a remote or hybrid environment? What, what do you think are the key qualities that executives need to be successful in a remote work environment? You know, honestly, Rob, I think it's going to take another few years for balance to be achieved in the concept of remote work. You know, companies are still framing wide-ranging structures that primarily reflect a CEO's desires, whether it's everyone is back at their in the office at their desk or some sort of time split between remote and in-office presence. As far as, re, you know, adapting our recruiting process, frankly, during the pandemic, all of our clients asked us to be their architects on, number one, how to conduct a search process and how to recruit top talent in the midst of the chaos we all had to deal with. And they looked to us to architect the work-life balance for their management teams overall and the specific positions into which we recruit. So, you know, we use sound judgment, good critical thinking skills about the strengths and the foibles of human capital, because not everyone is meant to be a great remote worker. Um, but being smart partners with our clients and candidates about the topic of remote work was a really important survival skill for us as a search firm during the pandemic. I would say the key qualities of savvy remote working executives are a few, and I'll touch on more later in our conversation, but I think being highly self-motivated and having a certain level of appropriate independence is critical. I think the savvy to intuitively know how the tea leaves are going to settle in the bottom of the cup, meaning intuitive abilities, which not everybody gives themselves permission to use and to listen to one's intuition. And I think the ability to develop credible relationships across the enterprise without being in the same office face-to-face. And there's a real art to that. And some people have the DNA to do remote work extremely well. Others don't. 
Yeah, balance. Uh, that that to me was a key word out of what you just said. The the balance of all of it is just so important. Uh, I I totally agree. Uh, Smooch private equity firms are increasingly looking for candidates with both technical and soft skills. How do you assess candidates' soft skills, such as communication and emotional intelligence, during the recruiting process? Well, Rob, let me start by saying that the concept of soft skills, or as I defined them years ago, intangible leadership attributes, has always been our sweet spot in executive search. Uh, and our firm was definitely ahead of the curve about the importance of intangible leadership traits before the search industry recognized that that would be, if not the key driver of hiring the right talent, but one of the top uh, drivers. So assessing a candidate's soft skills is, for me personally, rather simple um, because I have the DNA to just intuitively know if I have the right person. Um, but I think there are ways uh, to do this. You have to be a very, as a recruiter, a very keen listener. You know, you, you think about the words the candidate chooses and how they articulate themselves. You think about and examine how they interact with us through both the positive moments in a search process and the stressful ones. Stressful ones being the process goes on a little too long. <laughs> how does the candidate react? Do they get anxious? Are they, you know, cool with it? Um, you ask savvy questions of former colleagues and management team members that prompt easily those executives revealing behaviors, both good and the gaps that are part of the intangible leadership puzzle. Now, having said all of that, Rob, I have believed for the three decades I've been in search that this, the most important four or five intangible leadership skills are organizational influence. How do you um, influence an organization or leaders, your colleagues, who may not be going in, the, in necessarily the right direction? And I think organizational influence is it's non-negotiable. That has to be there. How well does the person so- serve as a psychological business partner? Is that executive Ah. a behind-the-scene muse for the CEO, which means you have to be neutral all the time, right? Most human beings can't be neutral some of the time. (laughs) So that's an important one. Gravitas, you know, those intuitive navigational abilities, seeing around corners. Do you know when to push the pedal down on a CEO and, and pressure that individual, or more importantly, equally as important, let it up. And again, sometimes that's just an intuitive gut feeling. Um, being a keen thought leadership partner. And finally, and I don't, I don't think a lot of people think about this, you know, self-awareness, hubris versus humility. Yes. And that can be a fine line for executives, right? Um, but the, at the end of the process, I can tell you with great conviction, when our clients are at the decision making point, All of the tangible pieces of operational experience have been fully vetted and validated. So our clients make their choices almost exclusively on a combination of cultural fit and intangible leadership attributes, always. Wonder, wonderful answer. Uh, Absolutely wonderful. Anything you want to add as we begin to wrap up? It it goes by so quickly, but do you have any final thoughts for me today? 
No, Rob, I think, you know, your questions are really uh, smart ones. I think that both the executive search profession and hiring executives, frankly, should rely a little bit less on the classic testing. I think there is a place for, you know, the analytical testing and as well as personality traits and all of that. But that's one data point. And as I advise my clients, let's let's talk about the gaps because it's human capital. Nobody's perfect. And are the gaps trade-offs that are acceptable because some will be and some won't be. And I think having that calibration and line of sight in hiring talent is important no matter what function you're you're doing search in. Smooch, thank you as always for joining the show today. Absolutely wonderful. I hope this pro- this podcast provides our listeners with a strong understanding of your platform. As always, we wish Smooch Unplugged continued success and we hope to see you back here on the podcast and, of course, at our conferences as well. We we always enjoy connecting with you, Smooch. Thank you, Rob. I look forward to the next podcast and seeing you in about a week and a half. That is very true. That's all the time we have here today alongside Smooch Repovich Rosenberg of Smooch Unplugged LLC. I'm Rob Adams. This has been Talent Talks. <laughs>